Welcome to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce with Cindy Stibbard. Cindy is ready to have those candid and unfiltered conversations so you know how to move forward in your marriage. You'll hear inspiring and insightful discussions surrounding this taboo subject to help you feel confident in your decision. Now, here's your host, Cindy Stibbard. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce. I'm your host, Cindy Stibbard. And for those of you who are new to my podcast, welcome. I'm a certified divorce coach, certified divorce specialist, and trained relationship decision coach. What does that mean, you ask? Well, I work with a lot of individuals and even couples who are on the fence about the direction of their marriage. They're at that place where they haven't quite decided if divorce is right for them, so I steer them in what is could be potentially the right direction for them. I am also a single mother of two teenagers and went through divorce myself over five years ago, which actually launched me on this path, surprise, surprise, now that I'm in of redefining myself, my purpose, and my mission to changing the experience of divorce for others. I went into this because I believe there is a huge gray space that needs to be filled between the process of contemplating divorce and actually jumping into the process. And even when we're in the process, I think there are so many better decisions that can be made to mitigate the negative effects that divorce can have on ourselves, our families, and our finances. But we don't make better decisions because we just don't know what they are. So my goal and my purpose are to provide you with the information, education, guidance, inspiration, and empowerment so you can make the best decisions for yourself. My mission is truly to provide you with the kind of support that I wish I had when I was going through divorce myself. We may not be able to change the system, but we can definitely change how we prepare and navigate and even effectively utilize the system in a way that can lead to a better outcome on everyone in the event of divorce. Divorce is never easy, no matter how you cut it, but it doesn't have to be ugly and making it ugly is a choice. And on this podcast, my goal is to bring you inspiring guests who have not only been through divorce themselves, but have really used it as an opportunity to springboard their life into change. You know, when I was going through my own divorce, it was me who decided to leave my marriage after 22 years of being with my former spouse, 11 years married. And it was me listening to my inner voice that really allowed me to come to the final decision about what I was going to do with my situation. Many of you already know this. I was a stay-at-home mom for 11 years. I did not work. I did not have access to family finances. I was really the disenfranchised spouse. And so you think, holy, how could you possibly leave a marriage and an affluent lifestyle that I had to and risk it all? And I knew that I had to because my relationship, my marriage, the life that I was living was truly out of line with who I wanted to be. And today we're going to talk about alignment. We're going to talk about following that inner voice. We're going to talk about your intuition as well as her own story going through divorce and how it changed her life to where she is now. My guest is truly one of my new favorite people. We haven't known each other for that long, but since I met her, honestly, it's like she's this kindred spirit in my life. And since I've met her, my life has totally changed for the better. And I can't wait to tell you why. Cindy Ryan is an intuitive guide and Reiki master based in North Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. She spent 35 years of her life living the white picket fence dream. She had a degree, two beautiful boys, a solid career, and a marriage until everything she thought she wanted was not making her happy. Her life took a massive left turn after some major metaphorical bricks fell, leading her to realize that all of it meant she was just coming home to herself. Cindy is humbled to be able to help humans find their uplifting, honest inner voice. By working with others, she helps them connect back to their inner tools and techniques to achieve an open and balanced life. Cindy, 
Welcome to the show. Hi, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's the Cindy and Cindy show. I love it. Thank you it's for having so great. me. And I, um, and I love all that you're you're doing. Um, I too uh, would have liked to have some uh, different supports while I was going through that challenging time um, in my life, which was now over a decade ago. Um, and so 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 great that you're doing the work that you're doing. Thank you. I do think that there's a big space that needs to be filled. And I also think that there's a lot of power and inspiration and empowerment when we start talking about it too, and talking about our stories and really supporting other people through it, because we'll get into yours too, but I don't know about you, but I felt completely alone when I was going through mine and I was too scared to reach out. I was too scared to talk about it. I was embarrassed. It was stigmatized, you know, a whole whack of things. And I think that the more we can talk about the uncomfortable things, the more we can support ourselves and normalize these conversations going forward. So first of all, I mean, we've got a couple of things that I want to get into with you today, um, especially your story, but I want to talk first about, you know, you and I met because I was in a bit of a stuck place in my life and you are an intuitive guide and people are probably wondering like, what does that mean? And when I reached out and found you, you know, your name was given to me by a variety of friends. Like everyone I'd said, Hey, does anyone know of an intuitive? I feel stuck. I feel like I want to gain some clarity on the direction of my life or just have some, some energy, you know, guidance. And uh, your name was constantly coming up with everyone that I asked. And so I'm like, okay, I've got to reach out to her. I've got to, to get this going. And from that first day that we met, I was just like, oh, wow, you know, the, the amazing guidance and the eye-opening experience that I've had with, you know, I think we maybe work together only a handful of times even, but your, your meditations that you provide as well as your one-on-one intuitive guides truly was a game changer in my life in, in different ways, because I think that you provide people a little bit of the encouragement to keep going, pushing through, and then giving them the opportunity to, to search that within themselves as well, you know? So let's go into that. Like in terms of, there's so much I want to know that I don't know about you in terms of like, as an intuitive guide, what is that exactly? And when did you discover that you had these intuitive strengths of yours? Well, it's an interesting thing. So I worked with, um, I worked with a coach myself about uh, five years ago and he said, call yourself an intuitive because if you call yourself um, a mystic, a psychic or a medium, people will be thrown off by you. But truly I'm a mystic. And so I now actually am very confident in who I am. And so even though I, I have that on my website, um, I actually am a psychic medium and a mystic. So I'm much more confident in saying that now than I was back then. Mm. Um, so no fault to my coach back in the day. Um, but I, I, uh, I, so what do I do? I connect to your guides and uh, I work with, I guess it's other realms, uh, which I truly believe we all can. Um, and I, I listen to what messages you need. And uh, in sessions, I sit quietly and I just ask, what does Cindy need most? Mm-hmm. And I do that before the session. And then I just get the messages and I pass them along to you. So sometimes those messages are very, very blunt. I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if that's um, as enough information, but that's what I, I do. So sometimes it'll just be like, no, Cindy needs this. No, Cindy mm. needs don't give Cindy this. Or, like people will often say look, they want information about their relationship or can you tap into my partner? And I'll be like, no, that's ethically. I can't, I can right. only tap into what you need. Um, and then I just kind of hear things I hear, I smell, I taste, I feel. Um, and I, uh, when did I start feeling this? I felt it as a child. Mm. Um, so I could feel and see things. I didn't understand it. Um, and I think like almost all of us, we, we do have these abilities, um, but it's very scary. It's very overwhelming. Right. So we don't know how to deal with it. So we go into the society world of that's strange, that's bizarre. Um, you're crazy. Um, (laughs) So I, I removed myself from it 
and I became what I was supposed to be. Uh, and I did all the right things and mm. I myself anymore. Um, and I began to do the things I was supposed to. Wow. I know. Isn't that crazy? And yeah. in terms of like, we ignore those things because of what society is telling us, like, this doesn't feel right to us. So we tend to just shove down what is intuitively within ourselves. Yeah. And when did you feel like what you were feeling and seeing was right? You know, I think we often have these intuitions, but we're like, ah, do I trust that? Like, how do I know that's the right direction? When did you start to sense, wow, like this is actually correct? So like I like so when I was a child definitely was like seeing feeling I'm very we hear the word empath um mm. and yes I am an empath probably to the severe level so I do take on um things from other people I don't anymore I've created strong boundaries for myself but um was feeling things uh, a lot in um, my marriage. And um, when I left my marriage, I started to open up to things that I had never felt before. And I got, uh, I had an accident after, right after my marriage. And I turned to Reiki because I was actually, um, well, I had a concussion and uh, it was so severe. I was actually in my bed for about four months. And uh, couldn't drive, couldn't walk around the block, couldn't, I had to relearn to write and read and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so um, because of that, I heard Reiki was something that might help me. At the time, I thought Reiki was really out there. I was not into energy work. I would not have had a room like this with a swing. I wasn't like that. Very um well, more conservative. And uh, so I went to Reiki. I was like, well, fine. Anything that can get me back in the fast lane of what my life was. I was right. a mover. I got, and I sat down on that bed and I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is the most calming, beautiful thing I've ever felt in my whole life. I booked four sessions and I was like, this is home. I felt home. And I knew something in me knew that that's what I was meant to do. So I immediately then took the training. I opened a studio in my space. I had people in for free and I did it for a year. So I worked every single day and I'd come home and I'd offer session after session after session. Cause I knew I needed to learn it. So wow. every night I just did it. Wow. And so tell us more like what Reiki is. I've had one Reiki session one time because it was during that time when I was sort of feeling stuck and I needed, I needed to move through whatever it was that I was doing. And I had heard great things about it, but I didn't understand what it does and what it, you know, what it was for. So Reiki is an energy healing. Uh, It is extremely powerful. And the way I explain it is it's universal life energy, like life energy. So what I do is I tap into higher energy. Therefore, it's I'm tapping in. So Cindy, if you come to uh, Reiki Reiki, uh, session with me, I will say, tap into your guides. If you don't quite know how to do that, I'm going to tap into your guides with you. And I'm going to ask them to come into this session because I am such an open conduit. I can Mm -hmm. get them. They come in and then I basically am there allowing them to guide your session. So this can be some of your ancestors that are there with you, helping you heal as well as your energy guides who have been with your soul since your beginning of your journey here, which is why a healing session is so, so amazing. And I know some people say, oh, what is Reiki? It is the most powerful way that your body can heal because it goes beyond our physical body. It's healing the soul within Right. Yeah. You speak a lot about energy guides. And when I've done reading about that, and even you and I have talked about, like, we should spend some time tapping into our energy guides. Mm -hmm. So what are those? When do they start? And, and how do we tap into those? So I call the guides, your cheerleaders. They are with you unconditionally. They are, they are your spirit team and they are. uh, So I, I wrote something about it, basically imagining yourself in this human suit. You are in a human suit of Cindy right now, um, but you have actually worn many human suits before Cindy. 
So mm. you might have worn a human suit of Tom or a human suit of um, Jack or, or whatever long before right. human suit of Cindy. And um, but your soul is inside much richer than Cindy. Does that make sense? Yeah. And your your soul has this group of guides. They are with you to understand what your purpose is. And they come with you each time you come back. And therefore, they know what your purpose is. And it's written in the blueprints of the skies. Mm -hmm. Each time you come back, you come with a detail of what you are meant to do. And those guides are here to support you as you put on another human suit. And you come with all of the details of what you brought last time but they will not interfere unless you ask them for help. Okay. So when you go for an energy healing, you've basically lied down to say, okay, I'm ready for you to tap in and just give me information, give me details, give me something to help me along with this purpose of me. Mm -hmm. So we have to be open to that. Like in order to, for it to happen to us, we have to be open for allowing it to happen. So it's, yeah, so it's often when people will say like, oh, you know what, the universe, how could this be happening to me? No, 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 that is you. Oh, wow. All you, and that is you and your free will, and that is you deciding and making choices. We cannot blame anything else. That is us on this path of us doing all of that. And if we are truly looking in, we know every single choice we've made to get us there. That is not the universe. That is nothing else. If we truly want to surrender and play with the guides, that is not going to happen. Wow. So even in like the biggest, you know, transitions in your life or the biggest obstacles that you're facing, what you're saying is that we do have a role in that. Of course. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I think that a lot of people are like, wait a second, that's not, oh, that's out of my control, right? I don't cause the drama in my life. (laughs) I know. And it's, it's just like focusing on that too. Cause I do know even the work that I've done with you, I've had to re look at how I was showing up in certain situations. Like I remember in one of our sessions, you know, you were telling me about, I was struggling with my, with my former spouse and what's going on in this situation. And is there a way that you are showing up in a different way? What do you need to let go of? And I was like, well, nothing, Yeah, (laughs) this is not my fault. And then as I left that session, I really had to do some digger deep, deeper digging and realize that, Whoa, it is me. Like I was still hooked. And if I wasn't going to let this go, then I wasn't going to be able to, you described it as a wall. You know, there was this wall. I remember you saying this to me, there was this wall and I was trying desperately to get over it, but I keep being pulled down. And although you're pulled down by other people's energy, I think that I was contributing to being pulled down by that energy and allowing myself to be pulled down by that energy. And so how is I going to let go of that, you know, like get those zombies off my legs so I can get up over the wall. And once I figured out what those were and how to let those go and take accountability for like, I'm in this situation because a lot of the energy is caused by me. How can I propel myself over that wall? Yes. And it's not to say like, I, um, I run this program right now, guide to self. And a lot of the people, um, it's, it, it's things in our inner child, right? It's, it's, um, things that have happened to us and occurred to us. And I can, I'll say there comes a point where you're no longer the child. And so when do you say this happened with my parents, but you know what? Now it's my responsibility to no longer point the finger at those people, but to say, if I want to make a strong change in my life, I have to now look at me and because I can't change them, but I can take responsibility and choice for me now because I am here. Mm -hmm. So what do I do for me to make the strong choice and change? Because I can't, I can't, I can't change them. Yeah. Yeah. 
So true. So true. And you know, when a lot of people think about like, you're right. When you think about like a psychic medium or a mystic, they're like, Oh, well they, do they tell your future? Like, do they tell you you're going to get divorced or that you're going to break up or that you have cancer or that you're going to get hit by a car tomorrow? Like people want to know, like, what are they telling me? Because a lot of people are also scared of that. I know even for myself, when I was married, I was a bit resistant to reaching out to someone like you because I think I feared what I would discover, but what do you really go through with people in that way? And that is my biggest thing is I, and sometimes people, somebody, sometimes people will say like, oh, can you tell me, is this going to happen? And I'll say, do you want to know that? Like, why do you want to know that? Like, um, and so my biggest thing is I, we work on your future, on your present to create your strongest future and unpacking your past. And so sometimes for me, what typically will happen is I'll be like, I'll be getting, like I say, um, I'm going all over the place. Hopefully this is okay. Mm -hmm. I will like get the file at the back of your head that you already know about, but you're uncomfortable to look at. I am able to pull that file out, read it with you safely and say, this is what actually needs to be looked at in order for you to create the strongest future for yourself. And I will just be getting these things like, talk about this, actually talk to her about this, um, review this, and I just hear that. It's not, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's not typically that I'm hearing on June 22nd, you are going to get this. Um, every once in a while, I do get Uh, yes and no about things for the future but our futures typically um not uh get we our our futures typically not um sorted yet right and if we you know listen to that i guess what you're also saying is that if you were to tell me what was going to happen like a month from now then i could potentially change the path of my of myself right because i would be expecting something to potentially happen I recall going to a psychic once when I was trying to have a child and um, because you, that's right. You get into that space. And, uh, and I remember her saying something like there's nails in your stomach, whatever that meant. And I was traumatized on what she said. And I remember leaving that going, I'm never going to have a child. She's told me there's nails in my stomach. Right. And I remember walking around for months. Well, our thoughts become actions and her words stayed with me. And I was like, well, now I have two beautiful boys, but I'm very aware of one that was definitely meant for me to happen. I was meant to have that situation so that my own um, life, right? Like what I do Mm -hmm. now, I am very aware of what my words will mean for people. People hold what I say to them um, and hold value. And so I have to know that if I was to say, Cindy, there's nails in your stomach, you're going to take that. So I have mm. to be very aware of what I say, um, and because I know that my, your thoughts are very valuable. And so I want to make sure that you walk away feeling inspired, that you feel aware that you are in control, but also that you are going to take action. Right. Right. And then this isn't going to, it might scare you a little bit, not hold you back. Yes. I like to poke. Yeah. <laughs> but because I don't think anything should be stagnant. I want, I want to poke. So, um, and so do your guides. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's contacted me means they've contacted their guides. That is so interesting. Yeah. I think that when we were working together as well, I think that I was, I was so in shock because you saw things that were going on for me that I hadn't shared with anyone yet. I think, you know, there was this one example and I'll give the audience. This is that I have been working on um, a bit of a, you know, online kind of show, right? Like I'm not going to go into detail with the, what that is. And it's been a bit of a struggle when you get every, anything off the ground, you really are working with other people and they're guiding you in this certain direction. And for me, it was like, it was this, it's been really a, a hard launch to get it off the ground because there are a lot of moving parts. And there have been times where I'm like, what am I doing this for? Like, is this the right thing? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this is the right thing. And I remember one of our sessions, you said, you're struggling with a big decision about something, aren't you? Like that involves other people and that you're building something. And I was like, yeah, I, I actually am struggling with that. And you said to me, 
you need to stay with that. You need to stick with it. You need to commit to it. Cause literally that morning I was going to tell the team that I was out, I'm done. (laughs) And it was so interesting. Like I'm still in the process of building that up, but I didn't let go. And I think that if it wasn't for you to just say, hold on to that, like see where this continues to go, then I would have given up on potentially an amazing opportunity. And that I will say is the important part, right? Is there have been times where often where I'll be writing and I'll be like, you need to drop it, whatever this is right now, or like get out, whatever, like there'll be certain things that'll come forward for people where I'll just immediately be like, out, get out. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm saying, but they need to hear it. Um, So the and, and the interesting thing, um, cause I do soul soup events, I call them. So it's usually eight people at once and I write for all of them before, uh, and I only get their first name and often it's on zoom so they can be anywhere in the world. So that's been my practice since I started, I only want your first names. And it's something about, I just don't want people to think I can look them up. Right. So I write for them first and then we sit in a circle and I, I might get a, uh, passed over relative, things like that. And, um, and it's just this space of being able to just uh, blurt out, I always call it blurting. So you just know something might come in and I just, but when I'm done, I have zero recollection of what I've said. Mm, Right. So rarely will I remember, it's almost like I am there with them in this space and you're channeling the information, even though it feels like it's just a conversation, but a lot of what I've said, I will forget. Okay. Wow. Cause it's just passing through you passing through. Wow. I mean, it's just, it's so, it's so crazy and shocking. Like it's just, it's inspiring. And I just get goosebumps when I, when I talk about it and the energy that I feel even talking to you. And so, you know, dispel some myths out there for people. Like when they think about, you know, you're going through your process and you're now in a relationship and you're getting married. Like, did you foresee your divorce? Like, could you foresee what was going to happen to you? Like, how does this show up in your life? Um, you know, it's interesting. Like I was 18 when I met, uh, my previous, uh, I call him a husband cause X feels like a really harsh thing to say about anyone. Uh, so he was my husband. Um, and we met, uh, very, I was very young. Um, and he was too. And, uh, I was going in with bright eyed with a vision of what my life was supposed to be. And, um, we, we were young. We moved in after three months. We just kind of did the the thing that I thought like, Oh, we'll just move into this apartment and then we'll get our degrees and we'll, we'll save for a house. And then we'll do all of the things that we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, as the way I describe it is we lived like two ghosts. Um, mm. and so, was there anything, were there things that um, might've shown up right away? Perhaps. Yes. To be honest. Um, I, I think now the way I would communicate uh, would be very different. Um, I think I would have a contract, uh, which might sound really uh, blunt, but I recommend it to anyone. You go into work with a contract. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend you do that with a person you're going to be with that you review it yearly, that you want to know what you're both in there for. Um, back then it wasn't like that. Um, and so I didn't really know what he liked and he didn't really know who I was. We were just sort of in this state. Um, and so we, we just both, we both knew that we were, um, we were after the same sort of goals. We wanted to have a family. We wanted to have, um, we had nice friends. Um, we were just sort of both attaining the goals. Mm-hmm. And um and we could go out for dinner and we could do you know what I mean? Yeah, you enjoy um, each other. You're like companions. We enjoy each other. Yeah. And um and so I think this is something that a lot of people um they do. They and I don't actually think there's anything now looking back, I can look back in the rear view of mirror of my life and look and be so grateful for him. I could mm. I can actually get quite teary because and I do get Terry, he's meant to be in my life. Mm-hmm. He, um, he brought me my children. He, uh, I will be at his bedside. Should he get ill? I will hold his hand. Um, he mm. is the father of my children. And I, I, I can talk to him now. We've taken our children to Disneyland together. Um, and, uh, 
we we do Sunday night dinners together. We're I I um we did things not in the way that most will do because I had the belief that this was not um this was not our, our children. This was a choice that we were making because we could not be together. Right. Um, so I I that's a roundabout way I'm talking about it, but um it was a lot of pain in about five years when we were actually choosing to end it. Okay. So So, let's go to the beginning. Like when you decided like to get together, cause you know, I think that's so true. Like we, when we are young, we're just attracted to someone. There might be a lot of chemistry. Like we're not thinking about like, is this the person that is truly going to allow us to be our authentic selves? And are we truly compatible for the long term? Like we just base our decisions on chemistry in the moment, right? And then we start building a life with someone. We're so young because we haven't thought about anything because we haven't experienced anything and we just kind of go for it. And then over time, you know, especially when you start to have kids, things definitely change. So walk us through, you know, because you have quite, quite a story to tell in terms of what you went through through your marriage and then through your divorce and then how you've now redefined your whole purpose and your, who you are in this life. Yes. So we definitely, we were young. uh, (laughs) And at that time, um, my story to have my children, I think uh, I have epilepsy. That's part of who I am. And um, I think things started to shift when we were trying to have children, because um, I uh, realized that the fun young me, um, I had to go off a medication and started to have seizures, grand mal seizures everywhere. Um, wow. I had stopped driving again and um, really began to see uh, the the difference in the two of us um, because I began to become um, quite protective. I was going studying, researching all these things to try to make this happen and um, really nothing against him. He just sort of was uh, distancing mm. and um, and I was falling on the cement and, um, and so we did, we ended up having these two boys, um, well, one boy actually. And then, um, and then really life sort of turned into not the fun going out anymore. It was the reality of children and, um, and me protecting myself with uh, seizures and mm. which had never been a risk before. Um, and, um, and just us no longer uh, being um, on the same page. Right. Uh, like a partnership. Yeah. Like a partnership. And, and you don't see that as much when you don't have anything else, but the two of you, does that make right. sense? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's what people I, go through. I, um, my personality was not to express my needs. Mm. Well, like many of us, we don't know how to do that initially. Right. So we just, no. we don't know what to say. We sometimes don't even know what our needs are. No. And, um, and so that is why I think we were connected at that point. So I can't, I can't say this is on him. He went away and I allowed it to make sure he was fine. And I recognize now that that he would have no idea. I look at this now about lots of people. Oh, she's fine. She's happy. She's wanting. And I then went in, went in, went in. Mm-hmm. And um, as life carried on, um, more, it was like more, I always say it's like subtle bricks going, right? So um, I ended up, we ended up uh, having our second son who ended up, um, actually getting uh, poisoned with tea tree oil and oh my gosh yeah it was um, actually quite serious Um, and we we nearly lost him and um, he lost all gross motor fine motor I always say this to people who use essential oils please be very careful um, with them around small animals and small babies he was holy yeah Um, but it became this thing of you also see how a person shows up in a situation like that yes and, um, and that, those kind of things begin to numb you as a person. Um, and so there were, there were small little things that arrived and arrived and arrived. And I also did not express 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, you can't, again, you can't blame another. Like the, the, this is just how we were. We started to distance ourselves more and more. And because I am an empath, what ended up happening for me was I got shingles um, due to many, several things happening. Um, I got shingles down my throat, on my tongue and all the way down. And this was because of all the stress that you were dealing with, with so your much. child and. I mean, there were many things that did occur, Okay, um, but I, I just say uh, when you are upset and people think they wonder like, how long are you upset? And I say it was over a series of five years. Um, I would never stay in any situation now that long because it actually comes and you might've known this for yourself. It physically takes over your life. Mm-hmm. Like you will take on physical ailments. You'll start getting sick. You'll start getting nauseous. You'll get stomach things. And that is your body saying, this is a toxic space. My ex or my husband was, he was getting stomach things happening. Yeah. We were both not happy in our situation yeah. and our bodies were telling us we were not happy. That is so, you know what? It's so crazy because that whole physiological effect that your psychological space has on your body is so powerful, but we don't think about that. So when we're in those moments, we're in those hard times, we're in those, I want to say toxic environments, but just like unhealthy because we aren't seeing it. It comes out in our body. Like for years and years and years, I suffered with stomach aches for years and years and years. I had food issues or, you know, I drank, I drank too much. I mean, that was a whole other thing, but um, yeah, like physically I would always think like something's wrong with my body. I always have stomach aches. And honestly, weirdly enough, and I also struggled with an eating disorder, but that all dissipated when I left my marriage, which was like mind blowing to me because I spent years trying to figure out my digestive issues and, you know, even settling down like my eating disorder, which was in the closet literally disappeared. And it was like, what is, what the hell? Like these were fizzle and I, I lost weight, even not because I was stressed, but just because now my body wasn't this like peaceful place, which was so weird. And I think so many times people come to me saying, well, my health is bad, or I can't sleep, or I can't eat that anymore. or My stomach is off, or I need to go to the doctor and get some kind of procedure because I'm struggling with this when it's actually their psychological environment. A hundred percent. And that's, that was it. I just, um, it's it. We, we don't realize it. Right. I, and I ended up with so I had the shingles on my, which is my communication. It's such a right in your face. And um, so it had gone down my throat uh, and I ended up being on morphine for seven days because it shut down all of the nerves in my face as well. And oh I remember thinking to that point, um, I I need out. Um, I can't, I can't do this anymore everything is happening in my life because I, and I keep getting hit after hit after hit and I am, my soul's dead Mm. and my body is eating itself. Like it's just, I can't. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm such a joyful person and I'm staying for what? Right. And, um, And so I just remember going to him and just saying, I, and I remember the day I've written it in my book is I remember looking at him and just saying, I, I, and this was after years of, and maybe this was the same for you, me trying to get the nerve to say, um, we're not happy. Maybe mm-hmm. we should do this. I, I don't feel happy. Like what, what could we try? Could we try this? What about this? Mm-hmm. And then I finally remember just sitting down and saying, I, I'm, we need, I'm going to, we need a divorce. And I said the words. And when I said them, I started laughing. Um, and it was a laugh that was so freeing and so like, uh, it was the happiest I had ever felt, I think probably in maybe six years. Whoa. And he, I know that sounds terrible, but he stared at me and I was like, I just was like, I just, I'm going to take this one moment for me. And I kept laughing. And was he shocked? 
Um, I think he said he was shocked, but he knew, like he knew from all of the things, the many things that I, he knew. And I just think he was shocked that I actually was going to do it. And mm. I sat there and I laughed and I was like, I'm just going to, just going to sit in this moment. And I felt so blissful, um, in that moment that I was going to choose me. Um, and nobody was going to take it from me. Mm, yeah, that's so huge. And when you feel that disconnect with your partner, especially during those traumatic times, you know, you see a, a relationship breakdown when you go through an illness, when you go through a loss of, of a family member, when you go through the sickness or almost the loss of a child, yes. you know, that's when I believe there's this big difference between like and love. You know, yes. we can really like someone because we're attracted to them and we like how they are and we really enjoy them. And then we can't truly, at least I don't believe, we can't truly love someone unless we've been able to love them through their darkest moments in the way they need. Yes. You know? I agree. And so you just think if you know that somebody can't be there when you are taking an ambulance or they can't be there, then what's the point? Mm. <laughs> and um, so if I can do that on my own, I can do anything on my own. It's kind of the idea I thought. And um, and so I did. And and I have um, for people, it's the way I show up for people now is I actually have been on my own ever since. Um, I haven't found love yet. And um, and I've been and people will go like, what? Um, but I've found so much love and I, I have never been happier. Wow. And that's what I want people to know. Cause people will say, well, well, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to yeah. be by myself. And I always say we are actually alone and we're alone our whole life. Um, and I don't mean that in a in a terrible way. I mean that in the best way. So like you, you come into this world on your own and you will leave alone. So best that you become truly in love with yourself um, and know that you have this space by yourself. The rest mm -hmm. of the people around you, they're, they're just like beautiful gravy. So fall in love with yourself. Yeah. And that's so powerful. And I think that's so hard to do because people like companionship. We all love to be around people. You know, we love, we love that connection, but I don't think that we can truly have genuine connection and enjoy other people if we don't feel comfortable with ourselves. Because if we don't spend some time alone, we don't truly know ourselves to the point where I think we need to. And I mean, that was me. And in my relationship, in my marriage, I was like you, we were young and I just wanted to impress him. You know, I was a constant people pleaser my entire life. And I just wanted everyone to like me and love me. And when I met him, he was nothing like, you know, how I grew up. We, we, he had money. He came from a very established family. Nothing was really stressful. You know, he could have whatever he wanted where I grew up in a family that struggled in that way. And we had four siblings and my dad worked away and my parents' marriage fell apart. And so he gave me everything that I didn't have thinking, well, this is going to be great because this is the kind of life that I wish that I would have. And so what I did, because I didn't really spend a lot of time getting to know myself. I mean, we, we met when I was like 17, we didn't really get together or married until in our twenties, but we had dated twice before we got married. And I literally just morphed into whatever he wanted me to be, you know, Oh, you want, do you want me to learn how to ski? Okay. I'll ski. Oh, you want me to learn how to golf? Okay. I'll golf. Oh, you want a mountain bike? Okay. I'll do that. Let's climb mountains. Let's do that. No part of it. Like was me saying, Oh, this is a passion of mine. However, I, to this day, I appreciate that. I have a lot of skills <laughs> right, from doing that. Yes. Well, that is what I, I'm like, I say, I would never have, this is my fun little room. It's not my whole house. It's my fun little room that I come into. Um, I call it my inner child room, but when I got married, it was, and I'm still in the same house. Um, but I was like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll make every room, whatever, what, like, uh, and not to appease him, but I wanted to please him. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so the day when that ended, I remember going, I'm going to buy my own sheets. 
And then I remember, cause there was still a process and I say this for people, um, there's so many ways to end it. Like he stayed in this house for a year after I said those words. Mm. And, um, and that was so beneficial, beneficial for us. It was beneficial for the children. Um, it didn't have to just be this cold, hard end. It really allowed us this space and grace. I, I, I say for him to process, as I say, if somebody came to me and said, I want a divorce after 15 years together, and then to just be like, and you're out, uh, that would be really hard. And mm-hmm. so giving him that time to come to a place of understanding. And uh, we went to counseling for closure and uh, it allowed us time to where I'd like slowly move one piece of furniture out of each room that then went into his place so that the kids saw that the furniture could slowly move out, but they didn't know what was happening. And I mean, my youngest was only a year. So it was, um, it was a lot, like it was just bit by bit, bit. so nothing was sudden. And um, that really helped. And I think Mm -hmm. if people hear that, that even if you have these thoughts, it doesn't mean it's tomorrow. Nothing has to be, I mean, it does sometimes, I understand that, but it doesn't have to be. And I think sometimes they get stuck in the middle of like, well, I want to end it, but then then it'll all be like, how do I do that? There's Mm so many ways to create it in a way that doesn't have to be um, the way we typically think. And I think if the other side is is willing to go down that gentle path with you, it sounds like he was open to doing this in an, in an amicable type of way. Yes. Which changes everything, you know, when the two of you are able to leave your shit aside and even the hurt, you know, when someone doesn't want to be with someone anymore, you know, that freaking stings, right? Because we put so much of our weight on, on our value on what someone else feels about us, especially if it's our, as far as spouse, but if we come to terms with the fact, like, I can't, I can't make you love me, you know, but I still, we still have to be connected for the rest of our life because of these children and, and parts of us will still always love that person for that reason. Like I was like you, like, I'm very grateful that I had my, my marriage. I would never regret it for a million years because I would and never have had these two beautiful children that I feel were the gift and were the purpose of that marriage. And if you can start to let go of the pain that you've caused each other and morph into redefining a relationship, you can get closer to putting yourself into a totally evolved place, which I think our children need to see that it's okay that something doesn't last a lifetime, but we can still we can still not be with someone and show them grace and respect and consideration. It sounds like that's what you guys have, have established. Yes. And I think it's just, I mean, I I know this is easier said than done. Like there were, I will say there were many days of me crying on the kitchen floor. And I remember looking through, uh, I'm thinking I can see myself in Indigo, like trying to read books on trust. Like how can I sort trust? And, uh, and slowly I remember writing this in a book, like I was, Uh, in the book going like, I can try to create like a little bit of my safety net. Who will I talk to? Who can I share this with? Who do I feel safe with to say like, it's not actually working. And when I started to actually tell friends and I don't know what this was like for you, but as soon as I started to say it, it was like, they could breathe too. Like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Like the the initial shock was there, but then it was like, okay, are you okay? Like Mm -hmm. I remember me going like telling our friends and saying we both want you to know that we want you to feel safe with both of us there's not going to be a side here we want like that was kind of how we went about it with people and uh you know we're not sharing details we're just we're here you've you've been our friend this is it like just leaving it at that no details and people were their response was we love you are you guys okay and that was so great for me. And I I was like, I don't need advice. I don't need anybody's opinion. Judgment. I don't don't want you to tell me that you don't like my husband. I want you, I want to hear that you you asking me that you, uh, am I okay? Because Mm -hmm. nobody's had an easy marriage and I get it. Yeah. 
there's everyone is struggling with their own thing behind closed doors. And it can be shocking when you look at a couple on the outside and think, well, everything was great. Like, what's the problem? Because that's what we do. We put on our game face. We show up, we show up for the party. We look all happy and normal. And why would anyone think otherwise? And so it is a bit shocking. And you know, divorce does have this really uncomfortable impact on our friends. And especially if we go creating this divide, oh, she's leaving me. So you need to side with me, you know, that victim, that villain victim mentality. And even if something happened, you know, like in your situation, then we tend to just navigate towards whoever was victimized, we're going to side with. And I think that you guys like out of the gates, if a couple can do that, you know, we're putting aside what's happened here because it is what it is. But at the same time, we're going to make it easier on our friends by saying, no matter what's happened, you are still, we're still allowing you permission to support both of us through this as you always have. Yes. And honestly, look, looking at it from his perspective, as I do a lot of people, my husband, he, he would say I was doing what I was supposed to do in my mind. I was Mm -hmm. making us money. I was creating for our house. I was keeping us safe. And like, that's what I thought my role was. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's where now when I look at um, where lack of communication comes in and what I would look at now for, uh, for, for people in um, going into relationships is contracts are important. Mm-hmm. Knowing what you want and what you need and expressing it for yourself and feeling safe is so important um, because you get lost and you, you're in the pile of stuff to say like, if this happens, this is what I need. I need this from you. And so then if they don't come or whatever, you at least know that you've expressed it and you've shared it and the contract can be reviewed, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. It totally does. And, you know, from your intuitive point of view, so do people now come to you like, can't you see that love is coming? Don't you see that, you know, like you must be able to see that there's someone coming for you or there's good energy. You know, how do you navigate that? Because I'm sure that, you know, you've chosen to not recouple for all of these years. Is it because you've chosen not to? Is it because that person has not come to you yet? Or how do you navigate that? Um, oh, I definitely dated, but I also mm-hmm. know from myself that I have a lot of um, growing to do. And, um, and so it is, they say it takes um, like half the time of your relationship to heal. And, um, and so I was in that for a long time, right? It was almost 20 years. And so it takes 10 years to actually heal. Mm-hmm. And I think for myself that when I've been in um, relationships, I projected out the same sort of behaviors that I was doing in that um, first relationship. So mm-hmm. I was in a two-year relationship and I was like, I was still had, I'm just being (laughs) reflective of myself. I was still doing a lot of the same things. And so I knew for myself, I wasn't ready. I needed to actually do the work. And, um, and so that's for me, that's what I knew. So I know that that's coming for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I really wanted to, um, kind of focus in. Yeah. And when you choose, when you've chosen dating relationships since, then do you have this intuitive sense of like, this is something that, you know, I can see for my future, or this is something that's not going to last for very long. Like, where does this impact you? Um, I tend to, I always say I have on hours and off hours. Um, (laughs) and so I will, uh, I like, I always like, will keep off hours. So like, if I'm hanging out with my friends, I'm not tapping in. Sometimes people will say like, Hey, can you? And so people are really good at respecting. Like if I'm hanging out with friends, I'm not tapping in. I don't Mm. want that to be what I'm doing. So I've done, um, more boundary work for myself so that I am, you know, my kids don't know that like, or think that I'm tapping in on them. And I, uh, so definitely if I'm with certain people, I think I probably get a vibe, but you probably do too. That's just, um, humans. Uh, but I, I think I do pick up on a few things and probably shut it down, but okay. So you can turn it on and turn it off. Yes. Okay. And that's what I do with some of my programs, help people to figure that out. Yeah. And I think that people always want to know the future, right? Like I think people always want to predict the future. So when they come, people come to you and they want that, where, what do you tell them initially, you know, to make them feel comfortable moving forward with you? 
Uh, well, I work with some people weekly. So there are clients that will, I will work with them ongoing. If somebody does an intuitive session where they're doing a one-off um, and they want to know things like that, um, I usually have written for them for 30 minutes beforehand. So I know intentionally what they're looking for. Um, but if they're asking for certain things, I'm like, I'll just say, oh, that's not my, you're, we're not going to do that. And usually they're mm-hmm. fine. They'll dig in. And you can read them even though you're on the screen and on Zoom and I say this to people all the time. We have this expectation that we need to be in person, but energy doesn't work that way. Energy is far richer than us. So I do most of my sessions distance, even distance healing, right? We don't need to be together. Amazing. And the more people, let's say you have a client that's regular opposed to a client that's one off. Do you get to know them more? So you feel they're more of their energy, the more often they work with you? Yeah. So I say that for like, then what typically happens is I get tap-ins from them. Like, so if you and I were working together, uh, like twice a month, I would then be like, Cindy, uh, like, so I might just be in the kitchen and be like, tell Cindy, she's got to do this. And then I'd be like, Hey, Cindy. And I just send you a message, like turn the music on right now. Like go listen to a song. You've done that to me, actually. Yeah, I, I think you were like, you texted me once. So you're like, is yes. something going on? Is there a lemon? And I was literally oh, looking yeah. at a recipe of like this lemons and love. And I was like, oh my God. Yes. But I don't know the sign. <laughs> I know. So that's what happens. Yes. So the more I work with them, the more messages I get for them. That's so amazing. Well, I just love you and I love talking to you. And I think that the world needs to know more about you. So as we're closing up, tell everyone where they can find you. So you can reach me at Blissful Intuitive on Instagram or www.blissfulintuitive.com. Or you can listen to me at The Girl Out There, uh, the podcast. Yes, your podcast. And I do highly recommend you guys all go over and follow her and even download her meditations. Oh my gosh, your voice is so soothing and it's just so nice to listen to. And if you would like some intuitive energy guidance, a mystic, a psychic, let's call it what it is because it's exciting. If you say it that way, then really reach out to her and book a session because I'm telling you right now that it is definitely, definitely worth it. So Cindy- Thank you for being with me today. Thank you for listening to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce. We hope Cindy and her guests were able to put your mind at ease and help you make the right decision for your marriage. We wish you a beautiful week. All of us know that it is next to impossible to make rational, logical, and even smart decisions from a place of fear. Most times, if we are in a place of fear and uncertainty, we won't make a decision at all. Cindy supports many individuals and couples at this stage who have been unhappy and unfulfilled, who are either currently in the process of divorce or just only contemplating the idea of separation. Cindy's clients are wise and brave enough to realize that they need to know more before they are able to make such a big life decision. Working with a divorce coach at these stages is the smartest investment you could make for yourself and your family, and it will almost always set you up for a better outcome, whether you choose the path of divorce or not. There have been many individuals and couples who have decided to give their marriage another shot after working with Cindy. As a divorce coach, certified divorce specialist, and qualified discernment counselor, Cindy is an advocate of healthy relationships, whether a couple chooses to separate or try to stay together. She provides new insights, education, guidance, emotional support, and understanding of the many possible options for both individuals and couples who are on the brink of separation. At the end of the day, as Maya Angelou once said, when we know better, we do better. This is exactly the focus and purpose of working with Cindy. Are you considering separation or currently in the process of divorce and feeling overwhelmed, afraid and confused about what this means for your future and that of your children? Do you want to make the right decision without regrets? Why keep waiting? Book a free confidential discovery call with Cindy today. Text DIVORCE to 604-200-6446 or email info at divorceredefined.ca. All of us know that it is next to impossible to make rational, logical, and even smart decisions from a place of fear. 
Most times, if we are in a place of fear and uncertainty, we won't make a decision at all. Cindy Stibbard, founder of Divorce Redefined, professional divorce and decision coaching, supports many individuals and couples at this stage who are unhappy and unfulfilled, who are either currently in the process of divorce or just only contemplating the idea of separation. Does this sound like you? If it does, you are not alone. Text DIVORCE to 602-200-6446 to book your free call. Those who choose to work with Cindy are wise and brave enough to realize that they need to know more before they're able to make such a big life decision. Working with a divorce and decision coach at these stages is the smartest investment you could make for yourself and your family. And it will almost always set you up for a better outcome, whether you choose the path of divorce or not. There have even been many individuals and couples who have decided to give their marriage another shot after working with Cindy. Because what she offers at Divorce Redefined is different. You don't have to only be getting a divorce to benefit from her professional guidance. Cindy offers a unique element in addition to her popular divorce services called Decision Coaching. Decision coaching is a type of guided support that is meant to help couples get out of that indecision purgatory. Modeled after her training at the Doherty Relationship Institute, Cindy Stibbard's decision coaching approach is specifically designed to do just that, help couples come to a decision, whether to take one more shot at reconciliation or whether it's better to prepare for divorce. Regardless of the direction taken, couples on the brink finally find the clarity and confidence to know whatever they decide, it is what's best for their family. As a divorce and decision coach and certified divorce specialist, Cindy Stibbard is an advocate of healthy relationships, whether a couple chooses to separate or try to stay together. She provides new insights, education, guidance, emotional support, and understanding of the many possible options for both individuals and couples who are in the process of uncoupling. At the end of the day, as Maya Angelou once said, when we know better, we do better. This is exactly the focus and purpose of working with Cindy. Are you considering separation or currently in the process of divorce and feeling overwhelmed, afraid, and confused about what this means for your future and that of your children? Do you want to do this right and make choices without regret? If you still aren't sure, ask yourself this. If I'm still in this exact place six months to a year from now, am I going to be okay with that? If your answer is no, Cindy is ready for you. Book a free confidential discovery call with Cindy at Divorce Redefined today. Text DIVORCE to 604-200-6446. That's text DIVORCE to 604-200-6446 to book your free discovery call today. You don't have to do this alone.